Welcome to Blooming Out on Community Radio, WFHB. Blooming Out is a forum by and for the LGBTQ plus community. Each week we explore the issues, events pertaining to the LGBT community in Indiana, the U.S., and internationally. We speak with guests about human rights, coming out, the legality of being gay, and much more. Blooming Out is a multiple award-winning program here on Community Radio, WFHB. Thanks for listening to Blooming Out. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Blooming Out. I'm Frankie Preslav. I'm Justin Robertson. And welcome back, Justin. We missed you. Oh, I missed you too. So we got you here. But Kevin and Grant happen not to be here. Apparently That's they sad. have lives outside of Blooming Out, so how boring for them. <laughs> um, <laughs> tonight we have Sarah Gardner, a.k.a. Smooth. Uh, Sarah's going to talk about being the radical gay that she is first. The radical gay. Radical gay. The, the only, only one. one. <laughs> the only <laughs> There's a lot of them right here. <laughs> um, but first we're going to let uh, Justin catch us up on the news. We've got a lot going on. Okay, thank you, Frankie. You're welcome. Uh, two years ago, this past Tuesday, Omar Mateen entered the Pulse nightclub in Orlando, Florida with a legally purchased AR-15 assault rifle and killed 49 people and injured 53 more. The shooting did not lead to legislation to reduce gun violence. The will to even address the issue of gun violence, however ineffectively, would only come 612 days later, according to Pulse survivor Brandon Wolf. Quote, 612 days, that's how long it took for Pulse headlines to become Parkland headlines. That's how long it took for 49 lives lost to become 17 more. And those 612 days, nothing changed. Unquote. During those 612 days, State Senator Linda Stewart tried to introduce a ban on assault weapons, which would have included AR-15 style rifles. But as she said, it was dead before it was even introduced. On the other hand, those 612 days saw bills that would have allowed guns on college campuses, government buildings, and even airports get hearings in the state legislature. Florida Governor Rick Scott even refused the simple gesture of wearing a rainbow ribbon to remember the victims of the Pulse shooting. On February 14, 2018, Nicholas Cruz entered Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School in Parkland, Florida with an AR-15 assault weapon, the same kind that Mateen used at the Pulse. He killed 17 people and injured 17 more. The national outcry that followed the Parkland shooting was loud enough to be heard by Florida Republicans and led to the passage of the Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School Public Safety Act less than a month after the shooting. The law was focused on arming teachers and making it more difficult for people with diagnosed mental health issues to buy guns. And it provided some funding for mental health care. It increased school security and created a three-day waiting period for all gun sales. The law isn't much, and it contains a lot of measures that will probably be ineffective since they were included as a result of Republican talking points, not a genuine belief that they would work. But in the context of Florida's GOP, it's amazing that a gun control law passed at all, 
and a miracle that passed so quickly after the shooting. It showed that even Florida Republicans realized that the public wanted them to do something about gun violence. Governor Scott, who's earned an A-plus rating from the NRA, as well as the fawning praise of the gun lobby, signed the bill. That was unthinkable in the wake of the Pulse shooting, and he even wore a red ribbon to remember the victims of the Parkland shooting while signing this bill. Many of the measures included in the law address the particularities of the Parkland shooting. Cruz was 19 years old. He had multiple diagnoses for mental health conditions. His shooting took place at a school, and school administrators tried to get him to undergo an involuntary psychiatric examination under the Baker Act. Mateen, on the other hand, was 29 years old, had no record of mental health issues, and murdered people at a nightclub. The bill was clearly about Cruz, not Mateen. The issue is that some victims are perceived as being more sympathetic than others, and Florida's Republicans, as well as the national media, cared more about the mostly straight Parkland victims than the decidedly queer and more brown Pulse victims. Representative Guillermo Smith said the majority of the Pulse victims, the 49 people who lost their lives at Pulse, they are mostly LGBTQ people of color. Didn't their lives matter? Why wasn't the debate about gun safety important enough then? So I'm calling the question over why Republican leaders are tripping over themselves right now and calling for investigations and resignations and new laws. After the Pulse shooting, many people believed that things would be different. It was the most deadly mass shooting in America up to that point. But it doesn't matter how many people die when the lives don't really matter to the people in power. Wow. So uh, what are our thoughts and take of, off of this one here? I mean, it's, you know, it is, we haven't seen a, a lot of changes happen. We were talking a little bit before we went on the air that, you know, so much has happened, but nothing has happened. And, you know, we, we have people standing in corners and, and doing things and yelling, but not doing things, but yelling, mm -hmm. and nothing's getting done. Um, uh, where do we go? I don't know, it's just surprising to me that in the last two years since this even happened, there's even been more and more shootings. It, yeah. it just keeps going, and I, I can't believe it after all of these things. I mean, why aren't there more laws enacted against it? Why is it so easy to get guns still? The NRA has too much money, too right. much power. Mm -hmm. They've got all the Republicans in their pockets. I mean, a part of me wants to make a joke and say maybe we need to have uh, gay nightclubs for gay children. <laughs> right. So we could have a mass shooting there, and then oh. we get some... But, yeah. it, uh, but, but it doesn't this is, this matter. It's more of the same problem. Exactly. I mean, we, we've had just horrific shootings of children, of gay people, of non-gay people, and nothing yeah. seems to ever really affect Do the Do you think the, the gay community has done enough, um, has yelled enough, um, that we've come together and, you know, the 49 people that have, you know, been killed to, you know, that, that, that were, you know, forming and, 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 and out trying to be heard? Do you think that that's happening or do you think we've kind of dropped the ball on that one along with everybody else? I mean, there's definitely I mean, people... I feel like there was a huge outcry I do too. after it happened mm -hmm. and there were vigils and marches and, you know, you get the same lip service every time from the politicians. That's right. 
um, I don't know what it was about this Parkland one that was different. I think it was because it was children, and children called the adults out on their BS. Yes. I think the children weren't willing to be quiet. They shamed them. I mean, they had some... Those those guys kids were incredible. I it mean, was a beautiful oh, yeah, moment. It was great. I mean, listening to, have, to them speak. I mean, really empowering, but also, I mean, heartbreaking. Yeah, heartbreaking. But to see that, you know, I, I guess I don't know if uh, it's like obviously there's no fix, um, quick fix to any of this, um, but keeping the momentum and and I guess through elective officials mm-hmm. going out and supporting a certain party. Um, picking your candidates um, and doing something, you know, going out and, you know, working at the polls, working for the politician, um, giving five dollars. You know, I, I we were talking about this uh, maybe three or four weeks ago. I always kind of, you know, skim the paper, or, the paper, <laughs> the, you know, the, the websites and stuff and, and, and read about other politicians that I want to support. And I try to, you know, spread out the money and and, and you know, help that way you know i feel so empowered are not empowered the opposite obviously um but i think those are the things that the the gblt community needs to do and what we need to do as a nation to try to get a hold of this you know i think we're just you know obviously we're not gonna you know fix any of this at this point but talking about it is really important and i think people get tired of talking about it um because it's there's nothing pretty about it um, but people, right. f- people forget, you know, I, I was thinking, you know, we have the, you know, the show, the faces and, you know, but I thought an awesome campaign would be to show the scars to, mm-hmm. you know, have on the billboards, you know, you, you know, the faces and all that, but to show that what, you know, when you're shot, it's, it's not, it's not over with, you know, that what you carry with no. yourself for what you carry forever um, and I think, you know, that we, we need to be ugly. You haven't shown, you know, the news, they don't want to show, of course, dead children. And they don't want to show, you know, dead Americans laying around. But I don't know what else to, to shock people to say that these are humans, that these are mm-hmm. people's kids, that something radical to that. And I am not that person usually. Right. But, you know, I was thinking about this today as I was doing, you know, working on the script. I'm like, what can we do? I mean, how can we shake people to the core? I mean, seeing children die and hearing about them and seeing their faces, but do we need to see, you know, the mangle? Do we need to see what happens or I don't know. Um, I mean, this one, you know, the Parkland is a little different from like Sandy Hook, let's say. Those kids were real young. These kids are in high school. They're going to be voting soon. They've pretty much lit a fire under a lot of young people in mm-hmm. this country which gives me hope right mm-hmm. me that too. they that see that change needs to happen and <clears throat> the adults aren't doing it right right <laughs> but, somebody's got to take charge i do think everybody's horrified by it it's just what narrative you believe and so there's this whole narrative that goes along with it by the nra and everything like well yes, this is horrifying, but you need to protect yourself. So buy a gun. And it's this whole notion of arming teachers then after this, which I just think is absolutely ridiculous. It's like, oh, well, the answer to gun violence is, you know, everybody have a gun. Right. And people are buying into that. Right. And I don't know what you do about that. Carrying more guns. I think the thing is that, you know, we need better security at the school. Well, no, 
we need to do something prior to the security at school. And that's there's this Facebook um, page, and I know some of the people that are on it. And and their thing is, you know, they're talking about there's you know, the the rights to bear arms and et cetera, et cetera. Um, and and what they're angry about some of our local public schools are they just don't feel the security is is good enough. And I get that, but it's it's I think if that's where we focus on. Uh-huh. Mm. We're 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 not going to protect our children at all because obviously there's other ways, you know. Th- we have to start somewhere, and and it be, it's before then. Yes, I mean we need the secure. We have to. We live in a society where it's necessary to have check-ins, and it's right. you know. Well, but you know, that's you, not the fix. You got to take small steps. You know, no, nobody needs a gun. Maybe a hunter. Right. No, exactly. Maybe somebody like, in the military. Exactly. Like nobody else really needs a gun. No. Right. We don't need assault rifles. No, absolutely not. Those are for. Killing, killing, killing people, lots people. Of people. <laughs> right. killing mass, yeah, right. mass amounts of people, mass shootings. Right. That's what they're yeah. for. Only that. Okay. Well, um, on June twelfth, uh, June twelfth was marked by people in Orlando as well as across the country who observed a moment of silence two years after forty nine people were gunned down at Pulse nightclub. At noon, one hundred and forty nine churches in all fifty states rang bells forty nine times to honor those killed according to the Orlando Alliance. A crowd also gathered at a temporary memorial outside the nightclub at 2.02 a.m., the time the shooting started. ABC Orlando affiliate WFTV reported, Governor Rick Scott, who visited the Pulse Memorial Tuesday morning, declared June 12th Pulse Remembrance Day in Florida. Scott asked that all residents pause for a moment of silence Tuesday morning and ordered state flags in Florida to be lowered to half staff from sunrise to sunset. At a solemn gathering outside one Orlando church, the names of the 49 people killed were read out loud as a bell tolled once for each victim. Orlando Mayor Buddy Dyer called the shooting the darkest day in our city's history in a video statement on Tuesday. Quote, on this day and every day, we remember the 49 lives taken on June 12th, 2016, and vow to continue to support the survivors and victims' family, families, unquote. The massacre was the deadliest mass shooting in modern American history at the time. The October 2017 Las Vegas massacre, which killed 58, has since become the nation's deadliest mass shooting. So the, the tributes and... You know, I think obviously are important. And as we were talking, you know, people are and the kids. It's the kids that are going out and, you know, putting these demonstrations, the die-ins, I think, what, in five different states and different capitals. And I guess whose office did we say that uh, they um, showed up in? I Sorry, I lost it in my notes. Cruz. Um, you know, so I, I guess, again, it's just, uh, um, you know, Fallen the babes, <laughs> but um, remember, did you know we have smooth here um, from uh, the back yeah. door? I mean, it's it's not just the youth. We also need to recognize that, you know, this is also the gay community is a marginalized community, and that is something that's going on here as well. It's one of the many layers, right? Right. Also, um, the Paul Shooter's wife, right, who is just acquitted finally of. She had nothing to do with the shooting, right? Right, right. right. And that's some um, Islamophobia. Right. That's some misogyny. That's a lot of things happening right there. And it, also, no one really talks about Martine, the shooter, who had 
gay tendencies right. was from a culture where that was is very frowned upon mm-hmm. right. and how dangerous that is to teach self-hatred right and how that can manifest itself Mm -hmm. in a lot of different ways yeah and that really hasn't i mean it was touched on for a minute um but soon forgotten and Mm -hmm. you don't you know people are looking to point the finger and you know look for a lot of other reasons of why the you know this had happened i don't know if we ever can come up with a you know a real good reason for anything like this to happen but you know i think this is scary for a lot of people when you look at you know that side of you know uh, especially the the radical right you know um giving permission i mean they they just turn things around i mean i guess coming together if if we could get the miracle would be to be mm-hmm. able to bring both sides and sit down and that we have one agenda and that's to save our children and society mm-hmm. um and so how do we get past all of that how do we put our our differences aside and and come up with a solution um, instead of lots of opinions. And that's what happens. We get lost in that. Everybody's talking and nobody's listening. And it's hard. It is hard. When I when you have a, a thought and a belief, left or right, and you're sitting a, you know, across from somebody with opposing views, you know, how you, that's the most adult thing you can do is being able to listen without um, attacking or without looking and picking for everything that's wrong. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I don't, th- that's where I believe where we need to start is like bring together people and, you know, do we come up with a contract and we sit, you know, how, how do we do this? And I think that would be an interesting community thing, even in Bloomington to mm-hmm. have, is to have the left and the right seat, the church and the non-church or the liberal churches and the conservative churches and sitting together and it's like, we are one nation. We are one people um, with lots of stuff going with a melting pot, you know. Right. Uh, it's, it's it's really hard, though, when you have these religions that are run like cults. You've got people that are firm believers that are never going to waver. Um, I, I don't know what the answer is. And you have all the propaganda, too, from the NRA mm-hmm. and politicians who are being supported by them and being given lots of money and who mm-hmm. are going to, right. you know, and you've got the Russians even yeah. infiltrating <laughs> the NRA the and You're pouring right. even more but, money but I into think, the right. I and, think, you right. know, building kind of more on what I had said is that we, y- you start small. You know, it's the little mm-hmm. things. You bring two churches that have opposing views on, on many things or people, and you start that dialogue of that, you know, how can we find everything? I think you work on what, what, what do we have in common? What are the mm-hmm. things that we want as a nation or as a people or for our family you know everybody wants you know a a better life for their children right right so you start there we we, we all want um love and acceptance and somewhere to belong and you know it was interesting i was um invited to speak at crane naval base um uh wednesday yesterday i guess Mm -hmm. um about they they had a um a a gbltq pride and they had uh myself and my husband and my son who actually worked crane they had those yes my son um, well that's progressive yeah very my son works there and um they came and they there's been a couple of little documentaries about us and articles and one of the higher-ups saw it and invited um talked to Devin and said would you talk to your dads about coming in and you know having a, a a lunch form and they put it together it's all over the media there i mean it was a 
a bigger thing than I thought. So they brought a, a group of um, everybody. I mean, they put it out to 3,500 people. I think, you know, the people that came with like 70 or 80 people showed up for lunch. And I basically talked and, you know, um, and what I talked about, what is family? What does that represent? And how every one of us, you know, might make up of, you know, a mom and a dad, a, a stepmom, a stepdad, you know, and it goes on and on and on. But what are the basics? What were the basics? And it was love, security, mm-hmm. um, and I forget the other one. But <laughs> um, it was really important. Um, but the, the thing was, it's the common, you know, and I think that's what we and, – and, and people could take a breath. It's like, yeah, I get that. I understand that's what um, is important in, in his family, kind of think with my family. So we have somewhere to work on. And I think that's the magic of being a and, – and, and I'm a passionate person, and I definitely have a, a big mouth at times. But I try to work on that, to try to listen to the opposing sides when I get to sit down with them and hear what they say and try to find things that are, are common. Human. Right. You're and he- I th- humanizing the issue. Right. Which makes it – palatable and that's what we're and that's what we're missing that's what we're missing we're missing everybody has something to say everybody has an opinion everybody's scared either having your guns taken away and not having enough guns or you know getting shot by a gun or whatever Mm -hmm. everybody's scared of something you know so we talk about that you know we talk about what the reality is so that's where i think if if pulse and, and and all these other mass killings around where we start out is is getting a group of people together or one or two and and start that dialogue so we can do that as individuals mm-hmm. we can challenge ourselves and our friends to have those conversations and find things find what we have in common before we attack each other and it's hard when you like somebody it's hard to be mean to that person it's hard to walk past them and not recognize them i mean we know that as gay people you know somebody might not recognize that you're gay initially and then when they get to know you they might have totally opposing views but they know you as a human right so you know you you challenge that person on that side Excellent points, Frankie. Thank you. I agree with you. <laughs> I win. No. You win. Yeah. <laughs> well, you talk the most. <laughs> Tonight you're talking the most. <laughs> well, you can talk. I'm just Here, let me turn your mic back on. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, we have another story. Um, <laughs> Right here in our own backyard, a CrossFit executive was fired for Pride is a Sin tweet supporting discrimination in a gym. LGBTQ Nation reported that employees and members of CrossFit Infiltrate in Indiana quit after the owners canceled a Pride Month workout and made anti-LGBTQ comments. Now, a national CrossFit spokesperson was fired after he made comments on Twitter supporting the gym owner's homophobic stance. Last week, CrossFit Infiltrate in Indianapolis canceled a special workout a member had organized for Pride Month. The business closed hours after news of the gym's homophobia hit the media and social media lit up in condemnation. In an email to the member, the gym's director and owner wrote, Quote, we believe that true health forever can only be found within humility, not pride. Humility is seeing oneself as they truly are and as God truly defines them to be. Unquote. Coaches and gym members quit after the cancellation came to light. 
One of the members told local media that she didn't want to be associated with a gym that discriminates. Russell Berger, who works for the National CrossFit brand as their chief knowledge officer, posted several messages on Twitter in support of the gym's owners. Quote, as someone who believes, personally believes, celebrating pride is a sin, I'd like to personally encourage hashtag CrossFit Infiltrate for standing by the convictions and refusing to host an at Indie Pride workout. The intolerance of the LGBTQ ideology towards any alternative views is mind-blowing, unquote. He also said that the LGBTQ movement is an an existential threat to freedom of expression. He has since deleted the, the, uh, the tweets, but Berger was immediately placed on unpaid leave. CrossFit founder and CEO Greg Glassman told BuzzFeed News that the tweets were appalling. Glassman said, he needs to take a big dose of shut the F up and hide out for a while. I it's sad. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Glassman. Uh, he continued, we do so much good work with such pure hearts. To have some zealot in his off time do something this stupid, we're all upset. The whole company is upset. This changes his standing with us. What that looks like, I don't know. It's so unfortunate, unquote. Berger said that he's an Orthodox Christian pastor. It is unclear if he is referring to the Eastern Orthodox Church or if he meant that he's a fundamentalist Protestant. And that he went on to say that he often posts his personal views on his personal Twitter account. He said that these tweets were nothing I haven't said before on social media. He said that what was different this time is that his tweets were misinterpreted. He wasn't speaking for CrossFit, just for himself. Quote, it became way too difficult to discern between me making statements of personal opinion and me speaking as a voice of CrossFit. My actual point I was making, I still affirm it, unquote. On Twitter, CrossFit said that it supports diversity and that Berger's statements don't represent the company's view. Their, their, their Twitter quote uh, said, CrossFit is a diverse community in every way, and that's what makes us strong. No matter who you are, how you're built, what you believe, or who or how you love, we are proud of you, unquote. CrossFit then tweeted that Berger had been fired. Yay. Yay. <laughs> the statements made today by Russell Berger do not reflect the views of CrossFit. CrossFit Inc. Oh, I'm reading a tw uh, uh, a tweet. I can't say that word. Twitter well, tweet. A tweet. Twitter tweeted. <laughs> well, don't come on, Papa. <laughs> <laughs> Let me start again. Their 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 Twitter tweet <laughs> said the statements made today by Russell Berger do not reflect the views of CrossFit Inc. For this reason, his employment with CrossFit has been terminated. As for the Indianapolis gym itself, a reporter with RTV6 posted images on Twitter showing that the gym will no longer operate its business at this location. Out of business. Out of business. Out of yeah. And quickly. And bam. I mean, it was like within not like three, four days, the sign went up. So um, I don't know. It's, you know. <laughs> I mean, they do realize that gyms are like gay aquariums <laughs> they're gonna lose most of their yeah you know and, uh, population yeah. Yeah, all the, the guppies all jumped out absolutely yeah, it was Oscars. the stupidest thing to do well he's stupid <laughs> he's stupid <laughs> well i mean this this is one way people can 
you know, easily participate in a form of activism by voting with their dollars. Right. You know, even though, you know, the guy who owns what is the CrossFit owner. Right, right, right. right. Or local. Maybe they're franchise. I think they're franchises of this individual, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, no one should be giving them any money. Right. No, and, and, and it's a downtown, and that's where a lot of the, the family is. Um, what an right. idiot. I mean, and then he talks about, you know, uh, he lied basically saying that, you know, he, you know, that we misinterpreted what he said. No, you canceled something. So how do you misinterpret right. yeah, there's that? There's no misinterpretation. No, <laughs> no especially not with his but quote I, saying, you know, there's, there's nothing to be prideful of. You know, it's a sin. To even be prideful, I think right. he said. Yeah. No, I think, and um, I've kind of looked at some of his, well, not kind of have looked at his other tweets, and he's still kind of like poking and won't shut up. Um, he's unemployed. I hope he has, you know, some money in the, no, I don't. <laughs> I hope he doesn't have any money in the bank. We don't care about uh, him. Yeah, we don't Bye. care about him. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, you know, here's a happy ending, you know. it's And again, it's, you know, it's dollars talk. And, you know, people mm-hmm. took their dollars. And I think actually the staff quit, you know, and yeah. so they ended up with nothing. And what did he win or for many of this? Well, nothing. how could he not see that coming? Because as Smith said, it's an aquarium for gays. Right. I mean, he must <laughs> I mean, have known that. How many people at the gym working out are gay at any one point? And how often was like, he hooking up there, I wonder? <laughs> but yeah, no, I right? Just, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, that's the next question. And that's, you know, it's like, yeah, he has you know, his own issues. If, if you feel confident in your sexuality, why do you need to talk about mine? Right. It know? doesn't matter who's doing crunches in your gym. Right. Right, or lifting Great heavy point. things. Yep. It doesn't Well, his was all. about that they were going to have a Pride event that recognized in his face the GBLTQ community, and that right. was offensive Maybe to him. Maybe because a lot God. of his members right. are from that community. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. Maybe. And it's Pride Month, and yeah. So I don't know. So um, you know what, Justin? I think this would be a good opportunity for us to actually introduce our guest. Oh. Um, and because she's. <laughs> I've just been talking. She's just been talking. It's like, who is this? this oh, everybody voice? knows Smooth, right? Wow. Well, we are very excited to introduce our featured guest tonight, Sarah Gardner, a.k.a. Smooth, a.k.a. Destiny. Uh, Sarah Gardner has been a gay for over 47 years. <laughs> and counting. You'll admit to that too, huh? Yep. <laughs> she went to Indiana University and wrote in Little 500 from 1991 to 1993, winning in 92 and 93 while writing for a team called the Land Sharks, mm-hmm. lovingly referred to as the Land Dykes by the frat bros, even though she was the only dyke on the team. Is that's that true? Right. That is true. That was it. Or do you know? I mean, you were the only out, Dyke. Or do you yeah. know for a fact? Nobody's come no, out no. since then. I was the only one on the team. She was it. Still. Okay. At that I time. find that hard At to that believe. Time. I don't know At why. At that time. I've seen, picture, got, I've seen pictures of that team. You've only got like four people, four or five people on the team. <laughs> just kidding. Now they're, yeah. they're going to call you Justin. <laughs> they're... Just kidding. Um, <laughs> I, I knew many members of that team. So that's why you know. 
Yeah. Well, I don't know. I'm not. I'm honestly not saying. <laughs> no, I want to get you in trouble. <laughs> Thank you. Call Justin. As always. His email is. I got his inside number. <laughs> yeah, I did too. <laughs> well, in 1993, Sarah moved to Chicago after graduating with a BA in mathematics and environmental science from Indiana University. She's a smart dyke too. Wow. Um, while living in Chicago, Sarah attended her first gay pride and is and still managed to work for AC Nielsen as a research research statistician is that the nails nelson nielsen ratings yes it is oh how fun okay and you working on pricing and promotional strategies on brands ranging from captain crunch to ob tampons <laughs> go you she left this thrilling line of work in 1996 to go to grad school and study geography at what? the University of Arizona in Tucson. <laughs> we'll get back yeah. to that. Wow. Um, it was here where she became painfully aware that her love of intramural sports was not enough to keep her there to get a PhD. So she moved back to Chicago to be a suit for a mutual fund company. In the winter of 1999, she moved to San Francisco where she would end her career as a corporate whore. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> she quickly learned how to ride a motorcycle. You didn't know before? Didn't know. Well, liar, you think liar, that's liar, like natural? I mean, I'm, a, I knew how to ride a moped. <laughs> okay, <laughs> it's just different. Thank you. <laughs> she learned to ride a motorcycle and participated in dikes on bikes every year until she left in 2005. After San Francisco, she moved back to Bloomington and worked for the Kinsey Institute, Sociology, Math Stat Center, and Hewitt's before opening Bloomington's only queer bar and unicorn sanctuary everyone's favorite the back door which opened in 2013 welcome smooth we're so welcome. happy to have you, you on the show thank you and for I've, having me thank i've been you. trying to get you here forever but you are always too busy well, i talk to her people her people you talk, talk to, to my i people. know yeah and, and we have to i want to apologize on the air in the we were supposed to send our um blooming out limousine to pick her up and it didn't show yeah that's okay so you're still here she thank had to you. walk I it was driven sad. my honda fit <laughs> <laughs> but did somebody at least open the door for you no okay well we're just Staying up to it. Okay, next time we'll do all that. Okay. <laughs> my next <Sounds> life. <laughs> yeah, so you participated in Dykes on Bikes. That was always my favorite part of the Pride Parade in Chicago. And were you there that year that they canceled Dykes on Bikes? They wouldn't let them do it. I don't remember that. In Chicago? What year was in that? In Chicago, yeah. Do you because... remember what year that was? Yeah, why? <sighs> what year was it? Well, no, I don't remember what year, but it was probably... 94, 95, wow. 96, 97. <laughs> I don't know. Whenever I, I don't know. 94 was the first Pride I went to in Chicago. Okay. And I did not get there in time for the parade. Oh, oh. good for you. What were you doing? <laughs> I don't remember, but. <laughs> sleeping. Yeah, probably so, sleeping. Right. Yeah, that's the problem with the parade. It's an early parade. It's, it's an early thing. It is. It's a that's lot true. to get in. Yeah. So do you still have a bike? Uh. No, I went back to mopeds. You went back to mopeds. <laughs> That's tougher. That's more radical. Yeah. <laughs> so, hey, before we get going um, and kind of diving a little more deep into uh, all this, um, let's go ahead and take a break and um, put this on hold. And let's do events week and maybe a little music. So stay tuned. We'll be back. Thank you. 
You were just listening to Out of the Pool by Yola Tango off of their um, their album, There's a Riot Going On, which was just released this past March. Um, highly recommended. Uh, we're going to take a look at the community calendar now. Um, let's see. We have the LGBT Aging and Caring Network Breakfast at Clover Leaf Family Restaurant. That's at uh, 4023 West 3rd Street, Bloomington, and that's going to be June 15th at 10 a.m. Bloomington Pride's LGBT Aging and Caring Network meets monthly to support senior citizens who are LGBTQ along with allies. They hold two breakfasts each month, and all are welcome. They provide support, plan social activities, and create educational opportunities for the aging LGBTQ population in Monroe County and surrounding communities within the Bloomington Pride organization. They meet the first Wednesday and the third Friday of each month. Both are at 10 a.m. at the Cloverleaf South 325 East Winslow Road, Bloomington, Indiana. Um, any questions, they can be reached via email at acn at bloomingtonpride.org. Again, that's June 15th at 10 a.m. All right, now we're going to go back to Blooming Out. Well, welcome back to Blooming Out. Uh, so let's pick up where we left out. Uh, or <laughs> left out. <laughs> get out. Get out. You can't be part of my show. <laughs> where we left. <laughs> it's my show. Um, Wayne tells she does something really bad. Right. Yeah, okay. you, you can stay. <laughs> so <laughs> welcome back to Smooth. Um, so we were talking about Dykes on Bikes, uh, Chicago's, and Sleeping Light. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, so kind of like uh, your, um, you know, it's kind of half joking and not about your radicalism of being a, uh, you know, just outspoken person. You've you've done a lot in our community. Um, with obviously, you know, you have our one and only gay bar. Um, and you host a lot of really cool events, or ev- events for um, you know to give people um, a platform. Um, and you know, Backdoor seems to be there all the time, and you guys seem to be there all the time. And I would just want to say thank you from the community. Yeah, thank oh, you from yeah. My I would say thank you too because I can't believe in this community you're the only gay bar, which is sort of, I mean. You would just think that we would have more, but it's great that you're I mean, the only one. You, you, <laughs> we did. We did, exactly. <laughs> but there was a time that it, it was we didn't have any, right? Did you? No, there no was, we, we always, always had, had we at least had one. Oh, okay. So Uncle Elizabeth's was, was still open mall, when you opened. It was a strip mall. It was West yeah. Third Street. Yeah. It was awesome when it was a double wide trailer. Yes. We love that. But then they lost their lease because of downtown yeah. development. A big old building mm. going up. That was there. very sad because mm-hmm. that was a great place. Yeah, there's but. a hotel there now. So yeah. uh, what? The, <laughs> you know what? I want to know kind of how, what got you to start the bar? Like what happened? You know, was yeah. it like, hey, let's do a bar? Or was it, you know, people came to you or you saw a piece of property or you just were like this kind of st- Well, Elizabeth it was. was uh, a lot of those things. Okay. okay. <laughs> I had three separate people come to me. Um, three different folks not knowing each other at all mm-hmm. um, independently come to me within like a month's time saying, oh, you know, we should, you should do this. And then the landlord, who is also a gay, uh, of the building we're in now, okay. was like, oh, you should do this. What about <laughs> this space back here? And... It, so did you have a so, vision, you know, or was it just like... 
I mean, did you sit down and like have like plan it out, or you just said we're gonna, you know, because you had a, it was a just a two way license. I, yeah, no, yeah, sorry. no, I, I no, mean, no. I don't mean to. I was just wondering um, to back up a little bit. What was the space before? I'm trying to remember. It I'm, was the old VFW. Building. That's right. Right. That's right. And so, did you see that space, and were you like, "Wow, this is making"? Because a great you'd bar? have to have vision because it's no, in an alley. Atlas was just; they had just opened up in the front. Okay. And then the back was—I mean, it was just a square white room with a stage on one end. Mm-hmm. That's and, all it was. And there was no—I mean, you guys built a deck in the back. There's a really cool deck in the back, or was that there already? Um, um the landlord had built the deck in that very strange ramp. Right. <laughs> that is a, that's like a very interesting ramp. There used to used to be parking spaces back there, okay. and like a loading okay. dock, okay. I believe. Well, I, I would guess that the but VFW would need that ramp, right? Because veterans reason? of foreign wars okay. would, are getting older. Yeah, but if they could even just, still around, they yeah, they could have went to the, the front, front door. <laughs> <laughs> they could go in the front. There used to be not stairs. if they're in a wheelchair. Why there, there were stairs inside from Atlas that came up into yeah. the space oh. we're in now. I forgot about that. They were kind of in the middle. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> no, it was, uh, I don't know, it was something that just happened. And yes, there was lots of planning after we decided, yeah, let's go ahead and make this happen. And at first I was just supposed to be an investor, some mm-hmm. partner. But then. You couldn't remain silent. Things fell apart. <laughs> 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 and I was like, well, I'm going to step in now. Right. <laughs> Take over some stuff. <laughs> so how long was the business going before you, you know, came forward and said, okay, I'm now not silent? <laughs> uh, the day after we had our official opening. Oh, wow. So that quick. <laughs> so you you were at it immediately. Yeah. And so you've never had a bar before, I'm assuming, or never owned restaurant a bar before. or anything like this. So this was nope. like all brand new. All new. And then you just kind of went for it. And you had like a two-way license when you first opened. We started with a two-way. Oh, that's right. You and that was actually and one, of right. the best, memory, uh, one of the best business emails I've ever gotten to send in my life was to my real estate guy and my lawyer saying, subject, backdoor three-way. That was funny. Is that what you really put in the letter? Yeah, they both threw it back immediately. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Before this gets flagged by your email service. Um, uh, Then they found me a license and... We bought it. So what's been... And now we have cocktails. Now you do have cocktails. <laughs> um, so what's But it was pretty clear, you know, we like can't have a gay bar without cocktails. Yeah. But you knew that you were going to get the cocktails, right? Was it just a matter of getting the license? Do you well, know where we you were, were hoping get we would have more time than just like a few months. Right. <laughs> I mean, you really did just jump into it. Yeah. And you've had a successful bar ever since. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, it, it maybe looks that easy, but it is not. No. That is easy your mother proud of you? Well, I think so. (laughs) (laughs) How could she not? I mean, she loves me. Well, I don't know. You majored, like, what, in mathematics and geography and you own a bar? Yeah. Well, that's not, like, the the worst thing in society that she could be. It depends on what the mother's like. (laughs) It's the obvious career path. Well, you know Carla. (laughs) I do know Carla, and I know that she's proud of you. She is proud of me. She asked, when I came out to her, probably, like, a year or two later, she helped start... um, the Gay Straight Alliance at South at High South, School. Yes, she did. Oh, she was part of that. Yes, yeah. awesome. So. She's an awesome woman. I mean, one of my favorite people. So ever. She, she ever got, at the bar? She got on board. She'll come sometimes to yeah. an early event. I took her to mom prom. Okay. She goes more than I go. 
And I think every time that I've Everybody been, goes more than why is it? Yeah, Justin. That's yeah, it. Justin, don't hard. even try that. It's not hard. That, that's, first of all, nothing about the bar. It says nothing about the bar. It says something about me. No, the I ramp mean, is too high for the ramp to get is up. too high. I can't get up it. Well, I mean, it's you know. Back. We need to get you an electric one. I mean, owning a bar is one thing, but this is also kind of like a cultural center and a meeting place mm-hmm. and, you know, event space and just an all around, you know, space for people to come together and hang out. And, you know, it is important and we do need that in our community. Yeah. You fulfill a political function as well. So, what uh, do yeah. you say? I mean, you why not? Like... If you have a platform, why not use it? Right. For something that you believe in. What's the most difficult part of owning this bar? I mean, is it time and energy or is you have good people over there? It seems yeah. like. Uh, probably the, there's drama. Right. That there's drama. That's probably the most difficult. Right. Part. Well, bars have to have drama, right? Drama and drunk people. You'd be out of business. Drunk, oh, drunk people too, right. They can be an issue Drunk people, sometimes. yes. Right. I used to be a bartender. It's, I don't miss that. Myself. Usually cis straight men that yeah. they come in and cause problems for people. I mean, that, that seems to be the the only like fist fights and things like that that have happened over mm. there. Yeah. Yeah, man. The and only like, time that I ever got into a like, problem what? there was it was a wedding party of straight men. Mm. And it was just uh, kind of one of those things. And it would, you know, they forgot they were at a gay bar. Yeah. And they should filter and, you know, and be maybe right polite check your privilege right check your privilege and they weren't and that was and it was you know i hmm. you know so yeah i don't yeah, know yeah yeah well there's a lot of privilege and entitlement that can be hard to deal with especially when people are under the influence right mm-hmm. don't want to listen to reason so what's but. um is for so the challenges and um is there uh what are some of the events coming up now, um, you know, with, with the bar as far as uh, what you have on the the, the agenda of, of things? I know we're coming up to Well, uh, we're Gay coming Pride. up to our Pride at the right. end of August. I think it's the 25th or... It's towards the bottom 26. of August. 26th. Yeah. It's the last weekend. Right. The last Saturday in August. And Sasha Velour is going to be coming back. Who's Sasha Velour? Uh, she won season nine, RuPaul's Drag Race. She came here last... September and really like yeah, yeah. knocked it out of the park. Wow. She's next level performer. I want to see her. Super smart performer, super great costume. Like everything is just on point with this one. She's good. Um so she's gonna be performing and uh I'm sure they have like a whole day of activities and other mm-hmm. performers. So are you gonna have things uh, leading things. up to the week or are you just is it pretty much the weekend that's a Towns Pride works. I will have things leading up to it. I mean, I know we're doing several fundraisers this summer uh-huh. to help pay for the entertainment because <laughs> <laughs> um, that stuff is not cheap. Right. Uh, there is. So a, will that will that be in the bar itself, or are they going to do on the main stage at Pride? Um, I have, Sasha will be at the main stage at Pride, so everybody will get to be able to. Okay. There's no age right restrictions. Okay. She'll be. Accessible to everyone. Accessible. Well, that's good. And, uh, but yeah, this next, not this coming Friday, I think next Friday, the some of the local queens and some of our local comedians are 
roasting <laughs> Nikki and I. Oh, no, wait. wait. When is this? What? When Nine is this? o'clock. That's too late. Justin, you oh, can Justin, do it. Can't you do it at 4.30? <laughs> Justin. I... So wait, tell us when this is Taking again. Taking a nap then. We'll make sure Justin. <laughs> wait, nine o'clock on what day? Uh, I think it's uh, what the twenty second. The... Do we know what day of the week that it's is? It's a Friday <laughs> night. Justin. It's a Friday we'll, night. I'll come and get you in the white van. Oh. And we'll. we'll it's make the twenty second, Friday the. Can 22nd. we have VIP tickets and sit yes. up front with our microphones? I'll, I'll white reserve van Actually, that would be a kind of fun show to do. We could do like li- like a taped show right oh, there. Oh yeah. Can, okay. be, we'll have to bleep it a lot I'm actually sure. that would be awesome <laughs> well, okay we'll talk there right. might be a lot of FCC bleeping but we could do that if we tape it we could totally do that, that would be hysterical that would be fun would you be into that maybe yeah why not that why would not? be fun and then we'll feel important you're into three ways in the back door <laughs> yeah, <so. laughs> yeah. <laughs> you just can't, I mean I know I'm blushing <laughs> uh. so and I think we're doing uh, I don't know bingo for them and a couple other fundraisers bingo Pride. Now we're talking about raise money for pride. <laughs> I didn't know you did such things like bingo. I mean, the, these, Drag these bingo, events right? are huge, and there's logistically kind of a nightmare to put on. Right. There's a lot of things that have to happen. Do you do a lot of the planning, or does Nikki or uh, the pride committee and the pride okay, board okay. does a lot of it? I mean, I worked with them the first year mm-hmm. that we started, but then they took that over. So okay, well that Yay. must be a big relief. <laughs> yeah, exactly because I remember you doing that before and just being. You know, so Pride hasn't been, how long has Pride been going on? And we haven't had a Bloomington Pride. It's like our third or fourth yeah, year. Yeah, which is really fourth interesting. Year, that, it I might mean, be fourth. Spencer's now. Pride's been going on for 12 years, and Bloomington yeah. only has three years in the game. Why do you think that's, that is? I don't know, because that's what we said. We're like, how come we don't have a Pride? Every day is Pride Day in Bloomington. I yeah. mean, it can be. That's Look right. around. <laughs> yeah. <That's right>. <laughs> <laughs> Look at this table here. Just can you have any more pride than this? This is true. But I mean it's these events are still important. Visibility is still important. And that was a big part of pride and like what um started it all, you know. Because it started just right on Fourth Street. It was just a little. Well, I'm talking about you know back oh, to back Stonewall. The, let's go there then. You know, oh. like <laughs> Frankie was just three years ago. You know, the, the sixty-nine. Sixty-nine. Yeah. That's right. June twenty-seventh, right. I think nineteen. It was when Judy Garland died. Was it same when the day? Queens went crazy. Yeah. <laughs> you don't know about that connection? I did not know that. Well, tell but us about the connection. So it was Judy died. When Judy died, and all the uh, the. Well, the gay people and then a lot of the drag queens were at the Stonewall Inn, and they were, you know, toasting her on her death, and the police came and raided the place, and they were just like, we've had it. They're like, no. Nope. That was in. That was it, yeah. I mean, it, it was just supposedly part of the motivation behind it. I mean, not completely. It had been building up, of course, for years and years yeah. and all of this, but, you know, but they I were mean, actually there, like, trying to give a tribute to somebody that they cared right. very deeply about. And the cops come and in the cops to come raid in them and, and arrest them. them. And they were like, no. Yeah. 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 yeah, and the what two trans women of color? Yeah, mm-hmm. and a big butch start dyke. kicking the police. I mean, I love the photos. Like, maybe it's not through the photos. first punch. Maybe it's from the movie. I don't <laughs> throw know. the first bottles. But yeah, yeah, it's but a that, good image. That riot lasted for several days. Yeah, and you know, a year later, they decided to have a march to commemorate it, and this is what started Gay Pride. It wasn't a big party. Right. It was a political. It was a political march. March. And that's interesting and because that is interesting. It was. It was a social movement, and these people had, a lot of them, been involved with the civil rights movement, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. they had tried to get, you know, gays involved in, and 
or as part of the platform and you know that didn't happen um and a lot of the women were or also in like now uh for women's rights so you know people had mm-hmm. with experience of starting and participating in social movements and especially with nonviolent protest you know and i think people have forgotten a lot about why pride is important we got right. kind of lazy absolutely and i think it's not just a big party right yeah. And, and, I th- and that's what we were talking about. You go to Pride events now, and it's a lot of corporate. You know, it's a lot yeah. about, you I know. I mean, Bloomington Pride is, I will say this, doing a great job keeping corporate stuff kind of out of it. I think the, the most they'll do is have, like, local sponsors. Right. Mm-hmm. Which is important. Which is fine, I think. Yeah. Right. You know, you do need help paying for this. And right. And, you know, if stuff, cor- but, corporations want to... Embrace us. I, I don't think that's such a bad thing. I mean, that's a whole other topic. You know, I mean, you also don't want to be like taken advantage of. But or, we want know. to remember. I mean, it is being accepted and having a yeah, exactly. corporation we, about that. But you know, right. being able to kind of remember what it what it's a, what it was about and yeah, why Pride was about. important to, because you know to, the visibility was the visibility was huge. Mm-hmm. That's because you didn't know. No. People kept and it. If you were out about things, you were going to jail. Right? Yeah, exactly, and that's what something that I don't think a lot of people, you know, understand today. Um, that people were put in paddy wagons if you were at a gay bar. Yeah, you know, now we can freely go. They would have go. like three that's, or four buses lined yes, up outside to yes. take everyone away. And and yeah. those people, yeah, and, and abused and mm-hmm. shamed. Yeah, um, you'd lose your job. And raped. And raped. Yep. You'd lose your family. Lose your job. Mm-hmm. No. Excommunicated from the church, you know everything. Right, and I think you know your life with what's going on again, and you know today, it's that's why pride is is so important. And you know, I think you know talking about it and yeah. the history, you know. Mm-hmm. Of, of I mean, in, until the early seventies, all somebody had to say was, "I think this person's gay," and you could be committed. That's to right. It a, was cons- an insane asylum. That's right. Like, it was considered a mental, it was a mental health illness. issue. Yeah. I can't remember if it was 1972 or 1974, but it was around that time. I think it was 74, but yeah, they finally something like that. Declassified it or said it was, wait, is that the right word? Whatever. Yeah. They, you know, didn't call it a mental illness anymore. Mm-hmm. But that, I mean, think about that. That just wasn't that long ago. It was not that long ago. It was within my lifetime. Exactly. Well, maybe that's why we don't think it was that long yeah. ago, but other people were like, oh, my God. 23 yeah. years ago. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad when I was four, four. no one said, <laughs> she's going to be a big tyke. Put her away. Right, exactly. <laughs> well, I think it's awesome that you guys are involved with that. And, um, you know, I have not had – I went to my first Spencer Pride. Um, and it's so cute. I, it was cute. I, it. I was, it was like Mayberry's Pride. And yeah. I was like so excited, you know, when I went because I just had my own kind of thoughts of what it might be, and it wasn't. It was just it no, was very it was fun. F- yeah, it was nice. And then so I haven't actually been in town for uh, Bloomington's Pride one time, but that's when they had it on Fourth Street and it was little tiny. Now it yeah. stretches on Kirkwood, right? Yeah, and it's it's nice <laughs> too. I mean, it's very family oriented. Until, you know, later at night, right. as things should be. <laughs> so are you seeing, um, you know, I guess uh, hopefully, you know, other bars in town. I know Nick's Hulk, um, puts up a gay pride flag. I mean, they have that on and off, but uh, some of the other uh, storefronts. So it's nice to see kind of all the, the support um, yes. going yes. up there. So uh, we're out of time. Before we go, let's uh, take a few moments and thank uh, Smooth uh, for being here. And thank you so well, much. Thank you it was for kind having of, uh, me. A last-minute thing, and she stepped up. So um, 
Thank you, thank you. And you have so much more to share, so we got to have you back on. Um, yeah. We're definitely, we, me and Justin both wrote down uh, the 9th and the 21st. We're hoping that's the right date to, to uh, see 22nd. the 22nd. 22nd. Yeah. There we go. So I would have showed up a day early. <laughs> it's okay. And Justin I, would have been really mad at me. I would have woke him up. Um, <laughs> Wait. <laughs> so um, I want an additional thank you to all the listeners and volunteers for making this possible. Yes, thank you, Smooth. Uh, Blooming Out is produced by Frankie Presloff. Our executive producer is WFHB News Director Wes Martin. Lucas Fisher is our engineer. For Blooming Out and WFHB, I'm Justin Robertson. And I'm Frankie Presloff, wishing everyone a wonderful Pride Month. And remember, if everything was straight, roller coasters would be one long, boring ride. Good night from <laughs> our Blooming Out family. Good night. <laughs> You've been listening to Blooming Out on WFHB. Blooming Out is a product of WFHB's News and Public Affairs Department. Tune in every Thursday evening at 6 p.m. for Indiana's only LGBTQ plus news and public affairs program. You can hear this and other programs online at WFHB.org. Comments and suggestions for future topics or guests can be sent to Blooming Out at WFHB.org. That is blooming O-U-T at WFHB.org. And thank you for listening. <laughs>